slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic it's bread and butter with one another let's start up that recording light Welcome to Bread and Butter, everybody. This is episode 14. And again, we have Pocky as our special guest. Pocky, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I am doing... I'm doing okay. Work was uh, work was a lot today. Tito, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, actually. Um, work was fine. Um, we are... Well, we don't need to get into that. Um, Pocky... I caught a little bit of your stream this weekend, and I happened to see you in a panda suit. Would you like to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, that... Wow, that's... Uh, so it originated back, like, really early on when I was streaming. Um, I, I just said it... You know, when, when you're a small streamer, you're like, what What can I do? You're just looking for things to, to set you apart. You don't really... You're willing to do whatever... Cause you just, I mean, you're just trying to have a good time. You're trying to have everyone else have a good time. And someone said, oh, like, what if you get like a panda outfit or something? And I was like, sure. If, if we get this much in donations and then what do you know? <laughs> someone actually donated that much, which I, you know, you don't expect. You're like, no, no one's ever going to do that. And all of a sudden it happens. You're like, oh, oh God, <laughs> what have I got myself into? But, uh. Yeah, so it all it just happened, and then uh, from there I, I turned um, it into a channel point redemption on my Twitch channel. So you can, uh, if you watch enough, you can redeem a, a panda dance um, where I get into the outfit and I dance to a song you're choosing. But I also did a charity stream this weekend, and so this weekend it was actually one of the rewards that I had for the donations to the charity, um, and. Yeah, I was really happy with that. And, you know, I'm much more happy about doing it that way than just doing it for channel points, right? At least it's going for a good cause. Yeah. So, <laughs> Absolutely. What charity were you raising money for? Uh, I was raising money for the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. So, um, awesome. you know, a great organization there. And uh, we did it was a good it was a good stream. We, we did a, a lot of different things, but we raised, you know, eight hundred twenty dollars just in the one day. So I was really, really happy with how it turned out and, you know, hugely grateful and thankful to my community for Always, always showing up to support good causes. Now, is that is that closed um, from that one day, or do you still have it open? Can, can our can our um, listeners go ahead and um, still contribute? Or uh, I think my campaign is is closed, okay. but I mean, of course, you can always you know donate and and give to that organization, or of course, you know any any charitable organizations out there. There's so many that are doing great work, and you know it's always you know a pleasure for me to to try and give back to. To, you know who th those who need it you know yeah that's one of the most well, it's one of the best things i think that i found with the streaming community is that we are able to uh use our platform to raise money for the charities that mean th mean a lot to us so um I, I love seeing that um but i asked another question um tell us about the pocky creator program content creator <laughs> program <laughs> yeah so i mean you guys i'm, I'm sure heard about the the hearthstone creator program which 
you know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of commentary and stuff on it, and I won't dive too much into that. But you know, some people were kind of like a little bit disappointed with what the guidelines were set up for, and you know, I mean, I, I I understand that from Blizzard's perspective, you know, it's not it's not easy to just you know include everyone, which I mean, obviously that sounds bad, but you know, from my perspective, you know, it is easy to include everyone. I mean, I I talk about how. I really want my channel to be a very inclusive place to everyone. And I was looking through all the stuff and talking about it on my stream. And someone mentioned like, oh, when like, you know, when's the Pocky, you know, and I'm like, wait a second, I, I can do all this stuff, you know, <laughs> I can communicate, right? I can, I can uh, give merch code giveaways. I can give out merch. I can, you know, I have events that I put up, right, and do stuff. I'm like, wait a second, this is all the same stuff. I can do this. And so then I was like, wait a second, I can create this Pocky Creator program, have people apply, you know. Um, I also <laughs> realized I can't just include everyone because <laughs> turns out it's not cheap. No. But, you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's like advertising and it was like a fun little little thing. So um we had some applications come in. I still need to finish choosing everyone and setting it up. But, yeah, I just want to do a little fun thing. Maybe send some people some shirts and whatever and, and give them some codes to give away stuff from my merch shop to their chat. I mean, it's not, you know, is it as cool as the Hearthstone Creator Program? No, I, I know, you know. But it's something. It's kind of fun. So, uh, you know, that's that was my goal there. And, and so far it has been fun. And. Well, you in a way to also, you know, just give back to the community, right? Yeah, you've turned it from a, a, a content creator program to a community creator program and within your community, and that's fantastic. I actually wrote an article um, for Hype Horizon on the creator program with some suggestions, and I think that there, there's a way that they could include everybody because a lot of us are small content creators um, that don't have the numbers or uh, dabble in many things. Like, I, we, I have this podcast, I stream... Um, I've done some YouTube stuff, and and that, I'm very I'm very very small potatoes. I I get that, but um, I was really when we, they told us about this program earlier in or about a year ago now, um, I was very excited about it because uh, I thought that it could help me improve like my visibility or whatever. And when they announced the numbers that were pretty much double what it takes to be a Twitch partner, uh, it it seemed um, kind of a, a big letdown. So I, 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 think, I think that they could actually handle it in a way that includes everybody and includes um, and meets their goals if they just have a tiered program where if like you're in this first tier, you've been making content, say, for like six months, you get in, you don't get codes. Maybe you have a chance at codes. Maybe there's raffles or something like that, but you don't get codes. Maybe you have like some some seminars or something like, you know, virtual seminars with some of the bigger content creators once in a while. Maybe you get a little bit of news. But for the most part, just, you know, a, a networking thing that we all support each other and it's officially done by Blizzard. Like, you can do stuff like that. And maybe even have a, in order to improve the uh, content that people create, have a contest. If you are on this tier level one of um, content creation, call it like, you know, freshman or whatever, have a contest to see who can do a card review. Give them a card that's already been done before. Give us like, say, hey, Baron Riverdare, do a card reveal for that. And then the winner of that contest from this big group of whatever could have an actual card reveal. So instead of having everybody getting something, everybody works on their skills, there's some rewards for somebody, 
and you know there and then you could have different tiers based on that and i think that would accomplish both what the community is looking for and also what they are doing is basically acknowledging a program that already exists so um i i have a lot of faith in alkali lake and, and the community team five in general so um i think over time we will see some improvements to this and maybe um things that'll help out the, the little guy but um who knows the great thing has been listening to like shows like Blizzlet and uh, uh, and Squelch, where they're like they don't necessarily talk about Hearthstone all the time, trying to get themselves over that seventy percent threshold. It's been pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. No, I'm I'm interested to see how it it develops and evolves because, I mean, that's the one thing with anything like this is is, you know, you you, you take feedback if you if you want something to be successful, you got to take the feedback, you got to adapt it and. And make it work uh, to accomplish your goals, and um, you know I'm sure that they'll they'll do their best uh, to do that. And, and, and that's a two way street. It's a two way street, right? Like you you want to give your feedback, but you can do so in a, a way that's respectful and a way that's constructive. Like yelling Absolutely. at the devs, yelling at the devs that this <laughs> is stupid, um, not going to help. Um, never helps. Never helpful. But you know, hey. I think, like you know, like I said, I wrote an article. Um, there's been a lot of feedback. There's the Angry Chicken had a great interview with her where they asked a lot of good questions, and and she was very transparent. So um, you know, give that feedback if you have thoughts, but just do it in a way that remember that these are people that work hard. It's it's they're they're trying to do their best, and and they will listen to you as long as you treat them like you know a human being. Mm hmm. Absolutely, two way street is the best way to put it. But anyway, so charity stream, panda suit, Pocky created program, lots going on. What? But what else has been going on with you, um, inside and outside of Hearthstone? Um, not too much in the last two weeks. You know, things have been pretty good. It's it's finally, maybe sort of hopefully starting to warm up. You know, I'm in Minnesota, <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> like at the, at this point, it's pretty much you know hunker down for winter and then you, you know you, you just wait it out right you go into hibernation so i'm in a hibernation phase right now you know just waiting for it to get warm out waiting i can go outside but uh there, there there's been some fun stuff i went to go see uh some sled dog races uh this weekend that was Dude. one of the incentives i had in my charity stream you know if we raised 300 dollars, i'd go down there so i went down there we did a quick little stream of, of watching some sled dog races and stuff and um, that was really fun, and Hearthstone-wise, it's it's been pretty good. Um, you know, we had a, a couple bad days of Battlegrounds, um, but the past day or two's been uh, decent decent climbing. You know, not not anything crazy, but uh, we're getting up towards 10k now, so excited to uh, to continue that climb. Nice. And if it if it gets too cold for you, you can always put the panda suit back on. That'll keep you warm. <laughs> oh my goodness, you have no idea. It is I I'll do like a two and a half minute dance in it, and I'm just sweating. It's so hot. You have people. I don't think like people can understand. They're like, oh my god. I like, you know, I'm not like peak physical condition, but like I can move around. But like you do it in the suit, and you're like, I'm dead tired after like a, a short little dance, and people are like. You know, you really, I'm like, it's hot. It is hot. It's like a sauna. It's just because it, it, all the fur just keeps all the heat in. There's that 
head. It's, it's, it, yeah. And some but people. No, you are right. You are right. If if I'm ever too cold, put that thing on. Fixed. And there's some people that wear those things for like two or three days at a convention. I don't know how. The yeah, like mascots. I I, I remember um, a long time ago. I was at a my younger sister's volleyball tournament, and they actually sent out a thing asking if anyone wanted to be like the event mascot. And, and you didn't have to do any, you know, no like flips or anything, just walking around in the outfit. And it was only going to be like. I don't know, a hundred dollars for the day or something. And I'm just like, no, no way. Like eight hours of just walking around in a, a, a heat trap. Like, oh, that, I don't, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> Especially one that someone probably but, has already used before and it probably doesn't smell all that good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was Alf once in a parade many, 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 many years ago. So I remember. Um, but how about you, Doc? What's been up in your life and in on Hearthstone? Um, so in, in my life, uh, today work was, uh, kind of crazy. I had to count by hand, almost $40,000 in cash. Um, it was an experience. It took like 30 minutes <laughs> and I didn't realize money could make only 30 hands. minutes. Yeah. That is crazy. And that's, a, I, that's impressive. It was, there was like $30,000 in hundreds. So like that didn't take too terribly long. Um, but cash made my hands so dry. It was, it was awful. Um, but, uh, world of Warcraft, because I've been playing that a lot. Uh, I did LFR and I didn't realize I was winning rolls for gear as we did it. Cause I cleared the entire raid in LFR. We just kept requeuing for the next section. And after the raid was done and we got Razageth in two kills or in two pulls, um, I got three out of my four set pieces from LFR. And then I had the quest just lined up to get my four set piece. So I cleared the raid in LFR and got my four set piece bonus in a single day. Nice. Which that was just insane. Uh, in Hearthstone, uh, I haven't touched standard yet. Um, but I have been playing a lot of BGs. Uh, I'm not nearly at your level, uh, Pocky, but I'm almost, I'm almost 4,500. <laughs> Uh, I am excited that undead are not in every single game anymore because I feel like that helps uh, the games not feel very samey because when undead were guaranteed every time, it just felt very predictable to me. For sure. But uh, yeah, like that's that's like everything going on with me. Um, Tito, how about yourself? Yeah, similar to Pocky. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, we, we just got through the cold. We had a, a cold snap over the weekend where, you know, I had to worry about the chickens. I had to put a, a new tarp on, on our uh, chicken coop, which um, was not fun in like zero degree temperature and 40 mile an hour winds. But we got it done. Um, nothing really exciting going on um, outside of that. Um, inside of Hearthstone, I did the brawl. I went six and three. I wanted to get the skin. One run was enough. That felt you know, ten dollars or thousand gold or whatever it is for. Um, I got most of that back in the skin, so I was happy. Um, I've started climbing. I, I'm at about D five now. Hit the uh, rank floor a um, couple times. I, I get up to about four or three, and then go back down. So I'm I'm trying to find the deck that I want to climb with. I'll figure that out in the next couple days, and then I'll stick with it. Um, uh, 
Blizzard, we had a game night that was always fun. Um, we did that on Saturday, and, and you know, the t-shirt game and the all the Jackbox games. I love those. Uh, and, you know, good times. Uh, we also have a new, I can't, I can't give specifics yet, but we have a potential new grudge match set up um, in the next couple months. So I'm very excited about that, round two. Uh, it's going to be um, even bigger, even better. And I think a lot of people are going to be excited for this one. So if it all comes together, I, I, we will announce it when we have the pieces together. Uh, and like I said before, I did an article on Hype Horizon um, website about the container pro content creator program. So if you can, go ahead and give that a read. Uh, so I've tweeted it out. So I'd love some feedback. I mean, it was just my thoughts. There's no, um, you know, just my opinion. But hopefully, um, I think a lot of people do kind of agree with the uh, general sentiment of it. So, yeah. But I, I, I think I'm uh, starting to get a little hungry. What about you, Doc? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit peckish, too. All right. So Battlegrounds have been about out for what the new season for three weeks now maybe a little longer um so Pocky, what do we think of the undead and the new meta yeah so i mean obviously at the start like you kind of alluded to earlier they came out and they were very strong definitely the dominant minion type in the game um but now after a couple patches a couple tweaks and um you know, like you said, sort of making them not in the game all the time. Uh, they feel like they're in a pretty good spot. Definitely is some room for improvement, both, you know, some things that could maybe be a little bit stronger, some things that could be a little bit weaker. And then, you know, obviously the rest of the game hasn't been touched in a while. You know, you got to find that balance for the undead stuff. But then, you know, you do want to kind of balance some of the other things, um, too. And we did see some some shifts and, you know, magma lock. Going up a tier, Master Reality is coming down, and some adjustments like that. But I think we're getting to a pretty good spot. Um, you know, it just sort of takes some time to to look at the data, look at you know how everything's performing. And I I honestly like there's things I would change. Um, definitely like like heroes, but it, it's it's at least at a spot where you know you're not like. There's not like something that's like really glaring, right? And that's that's like the big thing that you look out for, especially early on in patches, is like, whoa, this is, you know, out of control. This is like, you know, every game is just this. And and we've had that a few times at Battlegrounds. And and we did have it, right? With with the initial undead release, but um things have definitely settled down. So I'm very curious to see how they how they go. How do you feel about the power of the undead compared to like other uh, tribe releases we've had. So on pre-release, so I, I do, you know, patch reviews before every major patch. And uh, on the surface, you know, in theory, I was like, this has the potential to be just the most broken stuff that we've ever <laughs> seen released. Um, and to my credit, Obviously, I, I nailed on it, it on being very strong, but it was not the strongest that we've ever seen on release. Um, that honor still remains held by Naga, I think. <laughs> Naga were unbelievably um, dominant in a way that Undead didn't quite get there. You know, when Naga came out, they won every game. 
Like, you did not win with anything else. It was who hit Naga fastest best. That's who won. Whereas, even with Undead, you could sometimes win with Leapers. There was some mech comps. Sometimes you could outstat with Pirates or Naga. You know, there was some other stuff going on. Magmalock was pretty good. Some other stuff that, you know, while newly released, was still very strong. Um, so we didn't see Undead, you know, be completely tier zero, but super, super strong. And, I mean, in, in terms of my feelings, I, I guess the devs have said that, that their approach is to start things out strong so that people want to play it, they're excited, and then tune it down from there. And I guess, not that it matters, but philosophically, it's probably not what I would do. Um, I, I think you're releasing things in a strong state, but, but maybe a little bit more balanced um, would be a little bit healthier for the player base, right? You know, where where a lot of people come back in for for new patches and stuff, and you don't want to scare them away and be like, oh, well, game is just unbalanced, like always. Uh, you know, like a little bit better balance, I think, would have been good. Um, but they were pretty quick to uh, fix the majority of issues, like I said. So, you know, we're just three weeks in and, and not in the worst spot, so... Well, I think yeah, that yeah. the devs on the standard side tried to do that with Death Knights, and I think that kind of ended up being to their detriment, is they came in a little more balanced, maybe a little undertuned, and the excitement really wasn't there um, off the bat because they just weren't the class that was taking over, kind of like Demon Hunter did. So I think that the approach of coming in stronger and being more a little more excited and broken and, and interesting... As long as they tune moderately quickly, I think that's probably the approach we're going to see more often because they've tried it the other way and it hasn't worked out as well as they would have liked. Yeah, it's definitely a careful balance there that, that you have to strike, you know, maintaining that excitement with, with continued enjoyability out of the game. So what do you think? Do we miss quests? I personally do. Now, I mean... I'm I'm always of the opinion that it's like, you know, it's not just about me. There's a lot of people that play this game. So, you know, set my feelings aside every once in a while. But I really liked how quests were able to sort of pseudo balance out the heroes a little bit. And uh, it feels like right now we have a, a big disparity in, in hero balance with I kind of wish wasn't as prominent as it is right now. Um... But they, they did say the quests are coming back, so I can kind of understand it. And, and you know, as we figure out, both, both the devs and us as players, you know, figure out all the new mechanics. Because, you know, it's not just Undead, right? Dual-type dual minions also were just released. And, and a huge change to how the game is sort of, uh, you know, more of a fundamental change, right? To, to the core of Battlegrounds. And so... It'll take some time for them to figure out how that impacts everything and how it all plays together. And, uh, you know, hopefully after that, we get some of the events back. Um, I know buddies weren't perfect, but they were another way that it sort of equalized hero balance and and at least switched it up. And, and quests, obviously, were my favorite of the events. And we've seen um, Dark Moon Fair Prizes come, come back uh, a couple times now. So it, it'll be curious to see how long they make us wait before we go um, away from vanilla Battlegrounds again. But 
Uh, I do miss them, but I, I understand the, that they probably needed a little bit of a rest, and some people appreciate that rest too. So, Well, I like the fact, like sure. what you were saying, I think it once you have a meta without something like that, um, it can be kind of samey. Like the comps become very similar, and and um, the way you play a hero becomes similar. But with the quests, you you were given different options, and your your play would key off of that. So the games always felt kind of different depending on what hero plus quest combination you got. Like you got um, Sinstone with uh, Daryl, for example. You could have a really, you know, pop off game and have a lot of fun, and, and it'd be different than if you had. Um, whatever the uh, lamps or whatever so i thought there was a lot of i thought it brought a lot of different tangents the games could take how about you doc do you miss quests uh yeah i i do um just because it it added an extra layer to the game and you got to maybe build like not necessarily suboptimal but like do something funky and make it work because your quest made it stronger than what it should be (laughs) Um, and it just kind of forced you into a direction. Uh, cause sometimes when I play BGs, like I don't realize like the patterns I'm seeing in my shop for a specific comp. And so I just feel like I'm wandering aimlessly in Bob's tavern, just trying to find something to get to the next, to get to the next shop to hopefully give myself a direction to go. And I think quests were a good supplement of, okay, well you need to summon X many minions. You either go reborn or you go death rattles. Like just a good like starting point, and then try to find an end game that you could build off build off of there. Um, I think quests are fun. I also kind of like vanilla BGs in the sense that it makes you have to play for your board more, um, just because like you don't have the power level of the quests to fall back on. So like you have to try to get like the most powerful board you can so that you can survive and hopefully win the game. Um, and I feel like for me personally, not being a great BG player, I used quests as kind of like a crutch. So like having to force myself to recognize like different minions are stronger stat wise versus like effects or vice versa. And like trying to do that, um, it's been helpful, but I definitely miss the, uh, the fun randomness that quests can generate. And I never once got the golden buddy quest and I'm really <laughs> upset about it. I didn't either. Yeah, it was a it was a tough one to get, so nothing to feel bad about there. I, I have a conspiracy theory that they increase the odds like right at the end of like the last like two days of the season. I feel like they increase the odds, but it was still hard and they they never said anything, so I don't know for sure. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. <coughs> yeah, we'll we'll never know. It'll have to remain remain a mystery. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, Pocky, how do you win as undead? What what's the game plan here? Um Yeah, there's a few. So, sort of like sort of every minion type um there's always a couple options. So, you know, if we think on to some other tribes, you you have things like Eliza and Hogger sort of being these basis of, of pirates, right? Like you can either play uh, attack pirates or, or APM pirates. And then dragons, you have stuff like shields with Nadina and Cyborg Drake and 
these, you know, shield focused oriented minion types and, and the passive scaling with like Terragosa and Promo Drake. And then you have stuff like Calgos, right? That, that it's just cycling battle cries and, and growing your board that way. So every minion type generally has like one, two, or, or two to three sort of ways to, to play it. And with Undead, there are a couple of ways as well. One of them is uh, what's probably a, a crowd favorite is um, uh, Eternal Night. Right, the Eternal Knight strategy with Eternal Summoner that that repeatedly summons your Eternal Knights, and you get scaling through those knights dying any given turn. And if you are able to summon multiple, reborn them, um, or get more of them off of Eternal Summoners, they can actually be pretty relevant units that you use to uh, just consistently refill your board with high statted units. Right, normally you're used to minions coming out and they're, you know, summons are generally smaller things, but, um, they can be pretty sizable if you, uh, play the eternal night strategy. Likewise, you also have the sort of a Nubarak strategy where you're using the Nerubian Dustformer and Anubarak to increase the attack of your summons. And there's a lot of reborns, obviously undead. The, the minion type is sort of built around that mechanic with those summons and if you get the attack high enough, those reborns start to be very relevant. Um, they kind of play out like Volatile Venom, the quest, as we sort of think about, you know, missing quests. Volatile Venom was the strongest quest in the game by a wide margin. Um, it wasn't picked a ton, but it had over a half placement, which is a really, really big, like, I, I'm... It's hard for some people to, to know how the numbers really sort of contextualize within the game, but it's a huge, huge difference. It was it was by far the best quest. And playing the attack style undead with, you know, high attack summons basically means you can almost play a Volatile Venom board with undead, right? It, you don't necessarily care about the health on the minions because... When they attack, they're dying, and, and you just have so many summons that the attack sort of overwhelms your opponent. And so that's the the second strategy. And then the other strategy is is utilizing uh, Sister Death Whisper to sort of get passive scaling out of those Reborns and, and buff things up like Blanche and Colossus of the Sun um, and just make a very strong passively scaling board with Sister Death Whisper. I think we know um, why. They... All three very viable and, and really good. I think we know why they took out Cadgar now. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it probably would have been a bit too strong with all the undead synergies. So what do you think the best tribes out there, besides besides undead, what are the best tribes in this meta now currently? Like, what should people go for? Elementals, to me, are definitely a standout. They feel very good. Uh, Recycling Wraith, just, you know, quite strong. Um, and then pairing that with Megalonlock, and uh, Master of Realities. Um, you know, there's still options for, for Nomi and the like, but Magmalak has really been a, a shining star so far. Um, dragons, in a way, kind of have made a, a, a nice return to the spotlight. Uh, but I feel like it's mostly through um, Kronormu, 
where a lot of times, you know, players struggle to to transition out of their early game where they pick up a lot of stats on these boards, but they, they there's nowhere to go with it, right? You might have a tavern tipper or a wrath weaver that you, you have stats, but you're like, whoa, where does this go, right? Where what what does this end up being? And in Kronormia gave you a way to sort of sell those stats all onto a single unit, make it a quite large unit. And because it's a dragon, obviously you can benefit from something like Amber Guardian or uh, Nadina to give that dragon a shield. Um, and that allows you to play into the late game where you can sort of play a high-statted Divine Shield unit and then run stuff like Manted Queen and Leroy to supplement it, um, uh, you know, for, for that sort of ideal late game comp. So we've seen that do really well. And then the last thing, I mean, this is kind of a cheat answer, um, but in terms of what are the best tribes, uh, Theotar in Menagerie, very good right now. There's a, a couple things that really synergize for Menagerie. Um, Ghoul of the Feast is obviously a very strong card. Maybe the, I mean, not even maybe. It is the strongest three drop right now. And Theotar is potentially the strongest six drop. And so sort of using those two in tandem to uh, build up a menagerie board and get quite strong in the mid game, level up to six, find those Theotars and scale into the late game has been really, really good in my opinion. Um, so what are some tribes we should stay away from at the moment? You know, it, it's hard because every game is different and certainly everything is potentially viable in the right situations you know sometimes bob just says hey this game you're you're playing murlocs i don't care if you want to or don't want to i'm gonna give you all the murlocs and you're either gonna take them or you're not you know but like you're playing murlocs um but i i think the the one set that that worries me a little bit um is quillbore uh i i haven't seen them have as much success um mainly on account of charlie and dark gaze not quite being good enough uh in terms of scaling most of the time in comparison you know relative to some of the other stuff uh naga still have great outs pirates still have great outs um dragon scaling is a is a little uh lackluster but like we said you know chronormu sort of Filled a, a really cool spot in the design of the game. Um, so everything else feels pretty strong, but uh, uh, Quillboard scaling just seems like it's a little bit weaker than everything else right now. <coughs> Pardon me again. Um, what about some tech cards? Um, what, what are some of the best tech cards to have out there? Like, what should people be kind of looking to factor into their builds? Um, well... Speaking of tech, I would say that one of the most prominent ones right now is Cinderace Straight Shot. Uh, the Archer, Divine Shield, Wind Fury, Takes Off Reborn and Taunt um, has been playing really well against Undead, but also is very relevant uh, against a lot of other comps. You can take Taunt off um, a lot of different units, and it can even be very good against um, players that taunt things that need to die in, in death rattle comps. So something like Leapers or Nadina or even a Tunnel Blaster, if you pair uh, Cinderace Straight Shot with a very small taunt to prevent that unit's death rattle from going off early can really mess up another player. 
Um, and then I guess it's it's less of a, a tech, but one card that I've really been liking recently um, that's sort of a neutral kind of goes with anything is Elise. Uh, because I don't know if you've experienced it, but they added a lot of minions to the game, right? There's new uh, dual tribe minions. There's all the new undead. There's some new one drops and new minions for some other uh, minion types. And while there's a lot of good stuff, that also means that there's a lot of bad stuff. And because, you know, there's this disparity in how good minions in your shops might be, a lot of players are resorting to rolling a lot more. Normally, rolling is very bad, but if you have to roll, you have to roll. And what Elise does is it allows you to start finding discovers and getting triple, you know, effective triples um, out of that rolling so that you can, you know, look for five or six drops that can give you that direction that you might be looking for if you don't already have it. And so that's why I've found Elise to cover a nice little niche there. So that's a problem that I definitely have is I will I'll be on a comp and I will I'll be on dragons and I will just roll until I find dragons at, at some point unless I see like a um, a taunt guy or something like that to taunt things up or, or something like that. But um, is that a, that's probably a pretty common mistake people make from what you're saying is we should be buying more minions and, and trying to triple them or spend spend more money on buying actual minions instead of rolling a lot of times or. I mean, generally, that is a good case, but if you don't have direction, you know, as you move into the late game, um, you do need to find that direction, right? You need to find something, and it doesn't necessarily need to be scaling, but it needs to be something that'll say, hey, this is how you're going to play the game, right? So something like a Fell Stomper, if you're playing a lot of summons, something like Cyborg Drake, if you're playing Shields, there's there's a lot of different options, and, and you can even play it if... Say you do have a dragon board or a demon board, right? But you don't have that Felbat or Caligos yet. You can use that Elise uh, to try and use those discovers to find those units if you're not able to level to six to find them right away. Or even something like Theotar. Uh, the main thing is just, you know, if you don't have that direction yet and you feel the need to roll for it, Elise can sort of make up a little bit of that difference and make normally what is not ideal a little bit more feasible. Whereas, you know, if you're just rolling for nothing and you hit nothing, I'm sure you've been there, you know, the old minus 10 kick W, <laughs> you know, like, what did you do this sir? And it's like nothing. Um, you know, at least can help you. You dodge that situation a little bit, which is why I like it a lot right now. What, what are some trap cards out there? Like, I know you were talking about, like, Tavern Tipper. People, they it's tough to transition out of a Tavern Tipper if, like, you've put the time in and it's gotten bigger. Um, are there trap cards out there that you've seen? You see people, I know probably not at your level where you're playing at 10K, but, like, that people just kind of, like, put too much stock in, don't get out of early enough. Um, what are some traps people run into? Uh, for sure. I think some of the undead are occasionally a little bit... Um, overrated. A, a lot of things are just situational right now, and so people sometimes confuse that for well, something not situational, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where they're just like, no, this is a good card, and it's like, yeah, it might you know, be a good card, 
but that doesn't mean it's always good, right? It, it, it might not be the right situation for it. Um, so, like, on that note, uh, I have a hard time getting out of Jelly Belly. Am I, yeah. Am I, is, that, is that a trap? Am I am I failing there by staying on, on that too long? Uh, probably in a, in the sense that, like you said, too long is the key word there, right? Or the key phrase. Um, it, it, Jelly Belly can be a great card, right? It provides a lot of tempo early, but because it's not permanent stats, it's not scaling, it's eventually going to fall off. So you need to really sort of work on determining when is the right time to sort of cut this card and, and try and find something better. In, you know, to your credit and everyone else who's ever struggled with something like that, it's really difficult. It's it's a very difficult concept to, you know, sometimes, you know, Tavern Tipper is another great example, like you said, where it can be a great card. It can help you level up safely and, and provide a lot of tempo, but then it feels like it's stuck on your board. And so the trap isn't taking Tavern Tipper necessarily in the first place, but rather not knowing when to say... All right, this is a lot of stats, but in the long run, I need to move out of this card on my board, so maybe this is the turn I sell it. And it's a very difficult thing to balance because sometimes you're selling a 20, you know, attack 30 health unit, um, you know, Jelly Belly. It's like, wow, my board is all undead. I just have these weak summons. If I don't have Jelly Belly, like, am I really going to be okay? And that's it's, it's sometimes hard to, to answer. Um it's my emotionally support and dead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, there are probably, you know, like I said, some traps, but usually, like, like a, a lot of players like Anubrak or, or Theotard, right? The situation oftentimes is, is sort of like a too little, too late scenario where you're like, no, it, it's, you know... <laughs> Not time for that right now, you know. <laughs> we there's only two turns left. Like we we don't have time for that, or we're not strong enough for that. You know, you kind of have to look at the bigger picture sometimes, and not necessarily, um, you know, prescribe too much value to to a specific card. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes players look at something like Ghoul of the Feast, which is a very strong card, right? I, like I said, it, it's, uh, I think unquestionably the strongest three drop, but if you don't have an Avenge board or you only have one minion type on board, so you're only getting a little bit of attack out of it, it, it probably isn't the best three drop, right? There's, there's probably another three drop out there that, that's going to fit your board a little bit better. Um, or four drop, you know, maybe it's just <laughs> not taking it and rather leveling, you know? So I think the most dangerous traps in the game are definitely the ones that can really, uh, you know, they're good in some spots, but that doesn't mean that they're always good. And, and that can be difficult for people to uh, to keep in mind at times. Do, do you think people, and I think I'm, I'm one of these people, do you think people sometimes try to go for a home run board to try to get that first place instead of going for like a top four board. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I, I stress this very often in my stream that 
it depends what you're playing for. If if your if your goal is to climb, you can just play a very conservative, standard, safe style playing for those top fours, um, like you said. But if it's more fun for you to go for first, you know, go for it. But also realize, you know, don't don't go complaining to your favorite streamer like, oh, I can never win these games. Like, uh, it's all luck, you know, like you got to recognize that it's a decision and, and it might not necessarily translate to the best MMR game. Um, but, you know, it's however you want to enjoy the game. Um, but it, it, there are definitely games where a first is probably not viable and and top players will recognize that and say, okay, we're playing for second. This other person's, you know, already got too much. We're not going to overcome them. So we're going to sort of adjust our play style to adapt into that situation. Yeah, I think scouting is something a lot of people don't do either, but that's probably a, a much bigger topic. But like, look at what the other people are doing and, and evaluate, like, what board did they have? What, what did they have last time? Um, what what is it saying about them? And you find out did they spike? Did they power level? Um, paying attention to that stuff and then making decisions accordingly is kind of like the like the two hundred level class on battlegrounds, I think. And that's that's For something sure. that's speci- like very different between TFT and battlegrounds. And TFT, you're able to go to everyone else's board and see what they're doing in real time. And battlegrounds, if you're not playing with deck tracker. It's all what you can remember that they had. At least in Deck mm-hmm. Tracker, it'll show you like the last time you played them and what they had, but that could have been like seven turns ago. So it's definitely, that's definitely like a big like memory skill that you have to develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I started playing, you know, I played on mobile. I, I was, a, I was one of the phone gamers. <laughs> um, and so, you know, unfortunately, we didn't have Deck Tracker and it definitely helped me. At the time to, you know, not necessarily remember exactly what everyone has, but it does help you like sort of build a habit of like remembering, oh, yeah, they were playing elementals and, you know, it might be seven turns ago, but if you check and it still says elementals for you, you can be like, well, they probably would have kept this, but, you know, that unit probably is long gone, right? They probably don't have a elemental on board anymore. Now it might be a magma lock or a little rag or something you know a cyclone that that we're looking out for and and then you can sort of play around things that way and you know you can recognize like oh you know there's four players going elementals maybe i shouldn't also go for elementals because those are a little bit contested so there's still ways to to sort of play without the scouting but it definitely makes for a different game and i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing but yeah for sure for sure it's something that you have to you know sort of be cognizant of like you mentioned in, in, you know, either through memory or just like a general feel and experience with the game, right? That you, that you gain over time. And that's actually something we didn't mention last week was that there's a limited pool of minions. There's only like so many undead. There's only so many elementals. There's only so many on each tier and, and these numbers Mm -hmm. are known. So if like, like Pocky said, if you see four people have gone undead, maybe go something else because they will be more plentiful and you're less likely to get those undead. So um, that's a good idea. To, that's a good time to pivot if you were trying to go that same route as other people. Um, are there comps that people are still trying to force from like older metas of the last meta that, that just don't work anymore? Or is that? Um, no, I, I, I don't really think so. 
Um, you know, like I said, maybe there's there's some players that are playing undead a little bit too often. Uh, just because, you know, again, they are still new and, and some players, you know, just want to try it out. We're still in sort of a, uh, for, for some people, what would be a honeymoon phase where they just want to try the new minion type. Um, but there, there's a pretty good variety right now. Like I said, Pool Board's the one that I probably look at and say like, yeah, that one's, you know, not too good. And if, if someone's trying to play into, into that, they might, you know, not have the best time. Um, at least if they're trying to win, <laughs> you know, um, playing gems is always fun. Always fun. Um, moving them around, making a giant cleave, you know, that never gets old. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I think there is a pretty healthy variety. Um, and, and the only thing is that if you end up in a lobby where, you know, occasionally you can have a situation where naturally people will sort of just end up playing the same comp, right? Maybe, there's a test and a scabs and a reform. And so everyone's sort of feeding off the same boards, right? And all of a sudden you have four people playing mechs. <laughs> you know, you can keep that in mind too and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to play beast or I'm going to play undead or, or I'm just going to like keep tunnel blaster for maybe longer than a turn uh, just because there's so many people like playing this one comp in this specific game and, and you know, recognizing that, you know, kind of unlike TFT, right? If we're using that as a as a comparison, you know, there are counters, right? You know, poison can counter big stats, and and uh, murlocs, you know, if they don't have big stats, are often countered by shields and and summons, and and you know, the stats can outstat some of the summons, and you know, if you're if your nagar are too big, your undead are just never gonna get there sometimes. So, um, being you know aware of that and. and playing into counters if you if you recognize like hey maybe there's a, a little bit too much weight on this too many people are going for this i'm gonna punish them for all playing the same thing because i only need to run one counter then i don't need to counter five different comps i can just counter max or counter uh murlocs you know nice all right so so to wrap this up what's your what's your current favorite comp or tribe and and what's your least favorite like what's the, what's the what's the comp that you're like oh, i don't want to go this or whatever but that's what bob's giving you Ooh, that's a good one i personally uh so obviously i already said core so i won't say that again <laughs> um but naga have honestly been a little bit of a struggle for me even though i think they're quite good like when you hit Especially with Greta, I mean, able to make like a golden of this, you can really scale things to a really good spot. Pashmar can give you a lot of spellcraft if you're on tier five or six that are, you know, sort of premium with divine shields and even sometimes getting Orgozoa discover or that Greta gold gun. Um, I I just haven't been able to consistently make it work to the point where it's a comp that I'm really playing into. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's not for lack of trying. <laughs> I will add that. I have certainly tried to make it work because I'm like, a bunch of golden naga, that sounds pretty good to me, you know, free spellcraft every, like, it sounds good. And then, what do you know? I'm dead. And I'm like, what, what, what just happened? What just happened? But, um, 
Yeah, that, I, I, I shy away from it a little bit, probably more than I should. Like I said, you know, I can recognize that it's good and just not have success with it. Um, but otherwise, I, I, I've really been liking um, playing very flexible. Yeah, I, that's a little bit of a cop-out answer, but there are a lot of cool things that you can do uh, without scaling. And trust me, I love scaling. I think playing like Theotar is super, super fun right now. Super strong. If you can buff premium units, it's really good. But there are other comps that, um, you know, Fell Stomper, for example, where you can just play summons. There's so many different minion types that, that have summons, whether it's undead or mechs or demons or beasts. And you can really make things work, right? And sometimes it's very simple. Sometimes you have an internal summoner and a reborn coiler and like a reborn taunt, you know, or something very basic. But you have a couple fell stompers and, and you just make it work. Um, another example is uh, Cyborg Drake. You can play mechs with mechrolls and deflectos and these resets and have very, very little scaling. But if you utilize that Cyborg Drake right and, and balance how you use shield resets from you know, whether it's a death rattle mech for your deflectos or sometimes even like a selfless or a glow scale or, you know, there, there's, there's these really cool ways to play around things that come up when you can't hit anything else. And, and then those are the situations that oftentimes you do end up playing matchup to matchup. And I enjoy that gameplay because it's, it, it is kind of fun. It, it turns the game into a little bit of a gratifying puzzle, right? Where each turn it's a new puzzle and you have to figure out how to tackle it, right? How am I going to take my board that has no scaling and beat summits? How am I going to play to beat stats, right? Maybe I have to tech in a Manted early right for this fight, but the next fight I need to use a Cinderace straight shot or just run extra summons or or really roll down and try and find that second fell stomper. Like, you know, what is it that I exactly need here and now that's going to give me the best chance to win this fight and then, you know, so on for every subsequent fight. And then uh, oftentimes what looked like just trying to play for that top four can turn into a, a second or even a first if you play it right. And so I've really been enjoying the ability to play very flexibly. Like I said, using that at least when I don't have any direction and we'll just, you know, we'll see what comes up. We'll see where we can find direction and then lean into that. Um, I've really been enjoying playing that, that flexible, fluid style. I think we can name that the MacGyver build. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just make it work. Just make it work. How about, uh, Doc, you have any other questions for Pocky before we uh, wrap up the segment? Uh, not that I can think of that would be, like, good questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I answer bad ones, too. I do it all the time on my stream. Don't tell my chat, but, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Behind you, to what I assume is the right of your TV, is that a Killua poster from Hunter Hunter? It is. It is. It was actually. It's a print. It's a an acrylic print made by another streamer, um, Pseudo, who does these really cool, like anime paintings. And I met her at TwitchCon, um, at the Artist Alley, and I saw the the prints, and I'm like those are really cool. And I'm like the Kahlua one, right? Like Kahlua is, is a cool character. Like probably my favorite hunter hunter character. 
And I'm like, I need it. And it was sold out. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? But she had some more sold out line. And I'm like, okay, I gotta have it. I, it's too cool. And um, my friend, actually, I had my friend make the frame for it to do the, the sort of backlighting on it. And uh, it ended up working out really, really cool. Cause yeah, it looks you know, awesome. It, it kind of brings out that, like, the electricity and the, you know, it's uh -huh. really, really uh, happy with how it turns out. But shout out to her. She does amazing work. Um, she she does the paintings on stream. A lot of, like, anime-focused stuff, but also gaming stuff. Um, so really, really cool. You can, you can tell her I sent you there. Okay. <laughs> Doc will find her, I bet. Um... <laughs> All right, um, I think I'm getting kind of full, but there's a little room for dessert. What do you think there, Doc? Yeah, dessert's always good. Uh, Pocky, uh, where can people find you? Oh, man, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Um, the big ones, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, for sure. Um, always happy to have people in my stream asking, like I said, good questions, bad questions, any questions. Um, you know, maybe consider before you ask me to put on the panda suit and dance, you know, it's hot in there. Like I said, it's hot in there, but I'm Pocky plays on Twitch, uh, on Twitter. I am, uh, at Pocky underscore plays. Um, I try and post all the updates to battlegrounds that I know of fun questions, thoughts, whatever it may be. I think I just recently tweeted out um there's a couple interesting tweets i i don't know if you guys saw but overwatch is having their first non-blizzard universe collaboration for one punch man um which is really cool and i was like whoa that's like and like the big thing is just like blizzard isn't known for doing out of blizzard universe collaborations i i don't even know if there has really been one before and i'm like that is new and different and i love fortnite and fortnite does it all the time they they have collaborations with real life celebrities influencers artists athletes you name it anime tv shows the witcher movies you know star wars disney marvel all of it they they have all of it and i'm always jealous i'm like why can't we have that you know in in blizzard stuff and so that's the first foray and so you know i I don't I mean I don't know. Do you guys like I uh, yeah imagine so like I'm Lord of the Rings in Hearthstone or something? I'm excited. So there was um I mean it's people have talked about it, so I don't feel like I can't talk about this. There was a survey that went out a few months ago where they asked specifically, would you like Hearthstone to cross promote stuff? And it was like other games, anime, uh like clothing brands, yeah. stuff like that. And that I was remember, the, that's I the one that. survey I've ever gotten from them. Um, but like I threw in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. I, cause it's one of my favorite anime. It's just crazy stuff happening, but yeah, no, I, I think it would be cool. Like at the very least, like cosmetics, like do like the, I forget what magic calls them like secret wars or something. Um, where they just have like basically just a cosmetic set that comes out for something. Um, I would love cross promotional, like portrait art for all the oh yeah I, I, for sure yeah i have the show notes pulled up 
Yeah. And Blizzard. Yeah, I, I would probably I am be a sucker and for ready it. to go. And they barely ever do cross universe within their own environment, unless it's Diablo True. coming okay. in somewhere else. So three, they two, don't one, cross clap. over. Three, two, one, clap. Yeah. No. Exactly. Okay. Three, two, um, one. I know Starcraft had a had three, a little bit two, of one. of play. Right, where Welcome to Bread and Butter, everybody. This is episode Overwatch 14, been the best. and again, um, where, we have Pocky as our special guest. Like, Pocky, how are you doing today? A Starcraft cosmetic. This is a Warcraft cosmetic, you know, within the Overwatch universe. I am um, doing... I'm doing okay. Work was a, a, a lot today. Tino, how are you doing? Yeah, here's the storm, obviously, the, the ultimate crossover <laughs> event in the in terms of Blizzard. Now, when they had, they had Heroes of the Storm before, it used to be called um, Blizzard All-Stars. And I didn't really know much about the mobile world at that point, and I didn't realize it was a MOBA. I thought what they were announcing was like a, um, a Smash <laughs> Brothers, but of of Blizzard. And I thought that would have been badass. Is like if you could be like. I, I mean, I think it would be badass. It'd be very fun. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd like to see like you know, Thrall versus Diablo, and and and. Uh, you know, you could be Deckard Kane or whoever. Um, but Doc, where can people find you? And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Tito Santana HS. Um, Pocky, anybody you like mm-hmm. to shout out this week? You guys are having me on again. Um, thank you for the <laughs> opportunity. I always love talking about this stuff. Um, so huge shout out to you guys. Um, again, huge shout out to my community, uh, for, for the support of my charity stream this weekend and, um, just, you know, a lot of, a lot of fun with that. So it really, it means a lot to me that I can take something that, that is fun for me and, and also have it be for a good cause. So. Uh, it means a lot, and so huge shout out to my community as well. How about yourself, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, huge, huge shout out for for having me on. You know, we wouldn't, neither of us would get the opportunity without you guys putting it together. So, yeah, and hopefully, maybe next time we get another uh, battlegrounds patch, we'll have to bring you on to give us a recap. Um, I'd like to thank Just the Guy this week. Um, we've thanked him before, but um, so I, we did the event um, with Wicked Good versus Sadisi and had some technical issues, and he's put together uh, kind of a recap of the thing that has minimize the uh impact of the recap of the uh technical issues so um i'm very um he took chicken poop and made chicken salad so um i really really appreciate that um but anyway i think that's it guys i think we're toast Mm -hmm.